the 30th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. Now, this week, there's a lot to cover, so I don't want to waste too much time in the intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, What I do every week is I go through the week prior of the 15 hours that I analyzed and watched to Fox News, and then I break it down in a little bit more in chunks that you can digest and understand. This program is for people who have friends, relatives, loved ones, neighbors, coworkers who are deep, deep, deep into Fox News. I do not think that I'm going to convince any Fox News devotee to come to the other side, but this is a way for anyone who has a friend or relative who's kind of in the cult to figure out what the heck they're talking about and where they're getting this information. That's why we call it decoding Fox News. Okay, so let's start. Here's the headline. Fox News, when in doubt, punch down. Migrants and homeless people are destroying America. A typical Fox News viewer might think that every city in the United States was being torn apart by migrants and homeless people. They might also believe the Biden administration was hunting down and persecuting its political enemies. In between segments, filled with fear-mongering and paranoia, they might have seen Fox's extensive coverage of mourners waiting in lines to catch a glimpse of the Queen's casket. A person who watched Fox News exclusively might not realize former President Donald J. Trump is facing multiple investigations in more than one state, including an extensive investigation by the Department of Justice. They could also miss out on the news that Ukraine has liberated large portions of land formerly under Russian control, or that parts of California experienced mudslides. Okay, so the main story. Martha's Vineyard, owning the libs by using migrants as props. One of the most covered stories last week involved a pair of private planes that dropped off 50 or so migrants at Martha's Vineyard with no advance notice. The desperate passengers were part of a publicity stunt waged by Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The group was made up of asylum seekers, mostly from Venezuela, who managed to get to Texas, who were then transported to Florida. It was the DeSantis administration that decided to convince them to get on planes to the small resort area. When they arrived, they told attorneys that they had been promised jobs and immigration support when they landed. According to reporting by Cape Cod Times, which has several Uh, Very detailed, very granular articles about this uh, issue. I highly recommend, if you want to know more about it, to just Google Cape Cod Times and check it out. The migrants only learned that they were being flown to Martha's Vineyard rather than Boston, as many had been told, when the flight was midair, according to lawyers for civil rights. They were targeted based on race and national origin in order to make the political point they wanted, wrote the legal group. So Tucker Carlson last week spent a total of 43 minutes to the story. It started on Thursday night when he concocted this tale where the migrants were ignored by indifferent liberals. He even included a shot of Main Street clothed in darkness with the sound effects of crickets chirping in the background. 
Now this was blatantly misleading. So what I did was I immediately Googled the story and found local news affiliates that had already done segments on it. So local news reporters from both Massachusetts and Florida had already aired segments about what actually happened. The migrants walked three miles to the closest town from the airport where local residents quickly scrambled to find housing and food for their unexpected guests. Some of them were temporarily housed in a homeless shelter that had a 10 bed capacity, while the rest slept on cots and air mattresses crammed in the attic space of a local church. Residents even set up a play area for the children. After two nights, the migrants voluntarily went to Joint Base Cape Cod, where they could get proper accommodations and support to help them relocate where they might have friends or family. The asylum seekers also have gotten support from a local church in the area. That's all in Cape Cod, um, Cape Cod Times, which has very specific information if you want to check it out. The following clip is an edited portion of Tucker Carlson's rant spliced with local coverage from a CBS affiliate in Miami that covered the story. Now, I'm going to explain very briefly what I did here. I knew the story was full of nonsense, so I immediately clipped just the first, it was about three minutes or so, and then I went on and found a local news segment. Weirdly, Miami had the best one, and I had to quickly take both of these two segments, marry them together, and whittle both of them down so it would fit the Twitter limit of two minutes and 20 seconds. This was not easy. So I just focused on what is telling the story, what is telling the story, get rid of anything extra, what is telling the story. So I'm gonna play it for you now. I might cut into it in the middle of it. Here we go. Outbursts of irrepressible joy erupted throughout the exclusive island community of Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts last night. For hundreds of years, Martha's Vineyard had suffered from the soul-crushing effects of its own whiteness. Relief arrived from an unlikely source. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, having made his own state of paradise, decided to help other states desperately in need. So yesterday, DeSantis sent 50 illegal aliens, most of them from Venezuela, to the Martha's Vineyard airport. You can imagine the unrestrained jubilation on Martha's Vineyard tonight. Long-suffering Islanders finally rescued from their own oppressive whiteness. In fact, let's go there now to check in on the celebrations. So that's kind of what I described, and now we're going to go into the CBS affiliates uh, segment that I also had to edit down quite a bit. Concerning actions taken by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, his office confirms that he sent two private planes carrying almost 50 undocumented migrants to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Now, the group includes children. And some of the migrants told the translators there that they didn't even know where they were after the planes landed. They were simply released. Emergency Local officials saying that they had no idea this was going to happen. They are now providing shelter. The Massachusetts governor's office says they are also providing support, but it's not enough, they say, given the lack of advanced warning. Emergency management officials tweeting out this message, asking for volunteers to help, calling this an urgent humanitarian situation. A Massachusetts state representative says some of the migrants are saying that they were promised housing and jobs before a Arriving to Martha's Vineyard. They also apparently had to walk a couple of miles from the airport to get help. Another state representative tweeted this picture of a temporary shelter that's been set up at a church. And we spoke with St. Andrew's Church, who said everyone jumped into action. And here's what a state representative had to say. They came um, very hungry. 
um, and thirsty. So we made sure that everyone was well fed and um, had everything they need. Um, we've created a play area uh, for, for the kids here. They've, they, you know, they're using children as political pawns. I th- so I think he put it perfectly um, because that's exactly what was happening. And some of those kids were very small. They look like uh, toddlers in some cases. So very quickly, um, there's a lot on the newsletter if you want to check it out. I have some basic data about Martha's Vineyard. It's a collection of small towns on an island, which is seven miles off the Cape. So in order to get there, you have to either fly or take a ferry. So that's going to increase the price of everything on that island. Because if you've known anybody who's lived in a situation like this, it's just so much more effort to get anything there that everything costs more. So Tucker Carlson also claimed that the population was 89% white. For the year-round population, that is incorrect. It is 78% white. I went to the U.S. Census Bureau to find this. So Carlson might have been referencing the peak season. I don't know. But by comparison, the states of Vermont, Maine, West Virginia, New Hampshire, Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho have populations that are 90% white or higher. So 78% is not that white. So the year-round population also increased 24% from the last census, which is a huge leap. The black population increased 67%, tripling the pace of the white population. The Latino and American Indian population also increased, but at a slower rate. And the largest population increase was the multiracial category. And this has something to do with the Brazil. There's a large Brazilian population on Martha's Vineyard. And most Brazilians identify as um, multi-ethnic because there's a lot of uh, combinations of Portuguese, black or Spanish and Portuguese and white with, you know, that's Brazil. If you know a Brazilian, it's a, it's a lot of different ethnicities uh, mixed up in Brazil, which is beautiful. And then Martha's Vineyard does have a housing crisis because although the population increased 24%, the new housing only increased 2%. So they weren't lying when they said they had a housing crisis. Now, and next, Martha's Vineyard is not nearly as wealthy as Tucker Carlson claimed it was. Again, if you've ever known anybody who worked in a resort area, the people who live there year-round or the people who own the stores, own the restaurants, maybe own like a service like oh you can go skiing like not here skiing but like you could go on a boat or you can take a canoe out or whatever so the people who run the uh, services that the tourists use will live there year-round and they're hardly wealthy people so the median household income was seventy-seven thousand, which is higher than the national average but again we're talking about the east coast and an island where your cost of living is going to be higher by comparison san francisco california has the highest median household income at 119000 And honestly, if Ron DeSantis wanted to send his migrants to a very wealthy area, he could look no further than Naples, Florida, which has a median household income of 118000 So the poverty rate for Martha's Vineyard was 7.5%. So the other thing I wanted to mention that is not mentioned ever on Fox News, they talked about this on PBS, so I dug deeper, is border towns get additional federal funding. So the DHS Appropriations Act of 2022 appropriated $280 million to the Emergency Food and Shelter Program. This includes $130 million for local service organizations and $150 million for organizations providing humanitarian assistance to migrant families and individuals encountered by DHS. 
One of the ways that DeSantis may have gotten his money for this, and people have already investigated it, and there's evidence that he did this, is during the American Rescue Plan, that was $1.9 trillion, um, about $350 billion was sent out for cities and states to help them respond to the many challenges caused by the pandemic. Now, the federal government was very strict about how these cities could use that money. It wasn't just a blank check. But... They did not stimulate how these cities would use interest from any unspent money. And according to the Washington Post, and I clipped them and I have hyperlinks in the newsletter, um, that's how DeSantis got the money for this crazy plan of the $12 million that he's using to ship migrants all over the country. Texas also pulled a similar move to free up funds for Operation Lone Star, which is a very similar thing to what DeSantis is doing. So that's a little bit more detail that Fox would never tell its viewers. Um, Martha's Vineyard is by far not like the, I knew it wasn't the richest area because I've been to places like Greenwich <laughs> and I've been to Naples and boy, Naples is crazy. Um, and Naples, interestingly enough, also has a very difficult problem with homelessness because the weather is beautiful. And so homeless people figure out, hey, there's churches in Naples that will take care of me. I'm going to go to Naples. I've been to Naples, and I saw this firsthand. And uh, I actually met some people at a church who were working very hard to rehabilitate homeless people, and they were very proud of their success stories. But, yes, it is a major, major issue uh, in cities that have nice year-long weather. They tend to have a homeless person problem. Now, this next one is good old Greg Gutfeld, the quote-unquote comedian on the five and with his own show Gutfeld, uh, he tends to say crazy, horrible things. And this is a clip of him talking about what he thinks would be the best solution for homelessness in the United States. A majority of law-abiding citizens are at the mercy of a few thousand, 10,000, 50,000, maybe a half a million nationwide of people who exist independent of our rules, laws, and manners, right? We have defined a heinous lifestyle, homelessness, as a lifestyle choice, right? We, I, and I'm saying exempt from like the, the, the tiny exceptions, right? I'm talking largely men. When you see these pictures, they're mostly men. They're not hanging out like the, the, the jovial transients and hobos that you used to see in cartoons. That's an, that's an image, Greg Gutfeld, the jovial hobo. Like, the, I just ride the rails with my little stick and a bag of my stuff on it. I know there's a name for that, the bag... I don't remember. If you know, listeners, please tweet it at me. I don't care. I, there is an actual name for that. I just had to stop that because jovial hobo? Really? It's 2022. What are you doing, Greg Gutfeld? Now, I've edited this clip a little bit for length for audio, so here's the rest. This is his solution for homeless people. Sounds crazy, but here we I go. I do have a solution, oh, okay. and it's a progressive solution. Give the homeless what they want, because there is no way you can have a conversation with them. You can't have a you can't reason with the unreasonable. Give them what they want, but not in the city. The city allows this to happen. Move it out onto government property and let them run it. Camp camp away. Give them the autonomy to truly run their lives into the ground. Harm each other. Don't harm us anymore. That's what that's the only thing you can do because they can't get any worse than it is now. You got to move them to a place where they can live their lives. So federally funded opium dens where the homeless can and kill I each other. I volunteer as mayor. <laughs> so Greg Gutfeld is definitely not joking there. That's not a joke. You can tell, I could tell by the way he 
talked about it. And I did cut that down a little bit because it was a little bit too long for audio. Um, but he means it. And I mean, what that would mean, of course, is that police officers would have to physically take people, put them into paddy wagons, and then drop them off in some location. And then you're dealing with someone who's mentally ill, probably, and or has addiction issues, and you're letting them, like, quote-unquote, run wild on federal land, wherever the heck that is, and there are patches of federal land all over the place, but most of it's not New York City. So, okay, and then what do you do with the families that are in, you know, homeless shelters? Because there's a lot of them, actually, a lot of them, especially New York, unfortunately. So what would you do with them? And I also want to point out that I, I mentioned this in the newsletter. They talk about homelessness on Fox News as if it is only a problem in blue cities run by Democrats. That is not true. Um, the number one state is California, followed by New York, New York mainly because of New York City. And there's a number of reasons why New York City has a homeless problem. We have incredibly high rents here. We do have a affordable housing shortage. A lot of people just get behind on the rent and they end up in a shelter. Their families, actually, not single men with addiction problems. That's part of the problem. But then the next two states for homelessness are Florida and Texas. And that's partly because, and, and ask anybody who knows anything about homelessness, just like in Naples, Florida, that I mentioned earlier, wherever the weather is nice year round, you're going to have a homeless problem because the homeless people will save up money for a bus ticket to get to a place like Naples where they know they're surrounded by rich people who go to church and will help them out. And this is a problem all over the country. So whenever you have weather that's nice all year round, you're going to have a homeless problem. So this next one is a clip of Tucker Carlson's monologue. Um where I condensed it down, I just took all the air out of it to sort of hyper-focus and distill it to his true meaning. And this was last week, he spent the first half of the week on these crazy long, uh, the government is coming for you, the government's going to get you if you don't like Biden, if you have any opposing views, you'll be scooped up and arrested. This com complete paranoia that was tied back into January 6th. I even went back and rewatched a couple of these monologues to make sure I was getting the right category because I categorized them as January 6th conspiracy theory and I did it's just he's kind of, they're kind of rambling they're kind of all over the place but they all come back to January 6th. Side, dystopia is a world where the police will not protect you you have no power that's the end of civilization that's what the collapse of civilization looks like you'd have to be a masochist to do that it's the total collapse of civilization by your own guns Establish your own order. That's where we're going to be very soon. Terrorizing the police with threats of prosecution if they do their jobs. Is it such a low-T country that no one's going to do anything about this? There are attacks not just on individuals, but against civilization and humanity itself. So why is this continuing? It's been going on for more than two years since George Floyd died in Minneapolis, Memorial Day 2020. Why is it continuing? Why has no one stopped it? Because there's no one to stop it. Dad's gone. There's no one in charge with a normal testosterone level who's willing to just say, no, you're not allowed to do this. And if you do, we're going to spank you hard so you don't do it again. Looking at a war on the population. Okay, there's so much to unpack. And I'm going to make a video. I haven't had a chance to get to it today. That just includes some of his bizarro testosterone masculinity clips that I actually collected over last week. They weren't all in the same day. That clip included a, a number of them. 
he used the term masochist. He used the term spanking, which that's super specific, dude. And then he said low T and then testosterone levels. And then who's your daddy? Kind of super creepy, super creepy. Uh, Tucker Carlson definitely has this like bizarro obsession with masculinity, testosterone levels, sperm count levels. It gets really weird. But that comes out in that. Um, and that was just one monologue that was disturbing. Now, this next one I'm going to play you. I, again, I did a similar jump where I cut up a monologue on purpose because I had gone through the Martha's Vineyard monologue from Thursday a couple of different times. And I said, wait a second, I know what he's doing here. So I took a clip from the very beginning when he said that the area was 98, 89% white, which is actually 78% white, but whatever. He said 89% white. And then I cut to the conclusion of the whole monologue. And basically it distills what he was trying to get across in his monologue. So here you go. As of yesterday morning, that island was 89% white. Unfortunately, and this really is the point, Martha's Vineyard is one of a dwindling number of beautiful places left in our country. Martha's Vineyard is what most of America once was, not all that long ago. Small, socially cohesive, orderly, safe, with traditional human-centered architecture and big stretches of nature, unspoiled by industrial wind farms and dollar stores. The people who live in Martha's Vineyard now didn't build any of that. The people who did build it are long gone, along with the attitudes and values that made it possible. The people who live there now just came for the nostalgia, and all that's left, really, are the buildings and the beaches. But still, you'd hate to see them wrecked. On the other hand, at this point, we may have no choice. No sane country would allow millions of foreign nationals to walk across its borders illegally and then immediately give them government benefits in exchange for mocking our rule of law. No one would ever do that. It is suicide. Over time, it will destroy the United States. Everyone can see that, no matter what they say. But the people who vacation on Martha's Vineyard don't care. They are making this possible. They support it. They vote for it. They fund it. And they can do all of that because they are so insulated from the effects of Joe Biden's lunatic immigration policies that none of it matters to them. The country collapses. Big deal. They live on an island. But to the rest of us, it is a big deal. This is our country. We were born here. We plan to die here. We have nowhere else to go. And we don't want to live in a slum. That monologue, the, you could see why I took the beginning where he establishes Martha's Vineyard, 89% white. Then he talks about all this stuff that didn't actually happen in Martha's Vineyard. It's kind of made up fairy tale that he, he created. And then at the very end, that was the conclusion. So that's why I stuck those two things together because I'm trying to get across what he's actually doing. And that is blatant white supremacy. There's no way, nice way to say that. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's my humble opinion that he is promoting white supremacy because there's so many trigger words in that about the, the old fashioned values and these invaders are coming to ruin everything and turn it into a slum. And it's so nice and tranquil and perfect now because of these old fashioned values and because of the 89% white people who live on the island. Absolutely disgusting. Um, Tucker Carlson is completely vile and he promotes this night after night after night after night on his show. And then he 
dares to get offended when somebody calls him racist. Well, I'm calling him racist. I'm calling him a white supremacist, in my humble opinion, based on the many, many hours of, of, of his programming that I've watched. Absolutely disgusting. Now, to go from that, I have a little ray of light for you. Now, we didn't have a bogus expert of the week this week. Bogus expert. You know, I do my Minnesota accent for you guys. So, you know, but we didn't have one. So if I don't have an example, I can't do it. We got a new category, which I call Fox News Gust Goes Rogue. So I'll, yeah, it's true. It happens. Every now and then a Fox guest will go on the network and not go according to the expected script. And this is a great example of that. This is a mayor, Craig Johnson, from Elk Grove, Illinois, and he manages to get out a number of talking points that are rarely heard on Fox News about migrants. I'll play it. I'll let him speak for you. It's kind of amazing. I was jumping out of my skin during this. Okay, so they got back to you hours later, and they said, oh, you know what? They've all had health uh, background checks, and uh, they've had uh, security checks, and they're okay. Did you believe that? Uh, I, Steve, I, I do. Um, I got it from the um, director of Homeland Security for the wow. Mexican border region. Okay, good. And he assured me that they were checked for COVID, monkeypox, and other health issues. And they did do a biometric screening for the background. So I want to have faith in our federal government. So once we heard that and we said, okay, they're allowed in. Steve, one thing I want to make sure I put out. These are human beings. Absolutely. So we want to treat them with dignity and respect. But we want to make sure that they're safe for our community sure. and be involved here. So that's what we checked first. And once that was accomplished, we did, you know, we're fine having them now yeah. in our community. So our big problem, Steve, Steve, our big problem is we weren't given any answers and we're yeah. still not getting answers. And what really bothered me was the governor. He has pretty much labeled the suburban mayors xenophobic. And to me, that's wrong. Nothing could be worse than saying that about local communities. My community has reached out to help these folks give stuff, donate things. And we're trying to find them jobs. Elk Grove's home to the biggest business park in North America. Mm -hmm. We've got jobs. We'll hook them up to jobs, we'll match it. Remember, they are technically legal here. The President of the United States says they're legal. So we're treating them as legal people, yeah. but we wanna give them jobs, give them to work, and be able to take care of themselves and pay taxes to sure. everybody. So what's great about that clip is he's a great example of someone who, I don't know his political affiliation, but I kind of guessed because after that clip, he play, praised Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade for their books and said he's a big fan of the show. So I would assume he's probably right of center. But he's a great example of a moderate Republican, somebody who's not just MAGA. He called the migrants human beings. He said they, you know, they could be productive in the community. He welcomed them. He said, we want to make these people self-sufficient. All of these things are very positive things and a, and a nice way to speak about migrants and because you know what everything he said was true they are human beings these aren't like evil devils coming to take over the country oh and yes the other voice that you heard in that i should say is steve Ducey, one of my favorites we're gonna play yahtzee let's pick up a rotary phone you know back in the day when i'd read a newspaper that's my steve Ducey impression i do impressions of these people and then judge janine i did have a clip but i had to cut it due to length but you can find it on my youtube of her talking about Melania Trump. Okay, so yeah, check it out if you want. So this next clip is a pretty funny clip from Fox and Friends. I'll just play it. It's totally crazy. I just went, what? And immediately clipped it and stuck it on Twitter. And 
The state funeral on Monday. It's now expected about 100 kings, queens, heads of state will be arriving. That includes, of course, President Biden and the First Lady. The latest word we have is that, yes, he'll be allowed to bring his beast. That is that big armored car that he travels around. But he won't be allowed to bring any former presidents and spouses. So we'll wait to see on that. Back to you guys. So I guess Trump can't come if he invites him. Uh, sorry for Mr. There's Former no President. Room. Yeah, can't do that, Mr. Ultra MAGA. It, all right, Greg, thank you very much. It will be interesting, though, if all those other world leaders have to get on the bus. They are, right? Well, they're saying probably. they're facing the bus. But, uh, they but might be able to make their is arguments. It for green reasons? Don't know. Oh, I think it's maybe for traffic because every dignitary that comes through is going to have their uh. own security team well there is brian great picking that up there is a green component because yesterday we told you yes. that uh, they're telling the kids don't bring the um the Marmalade. pat paddington bear um salutes to the queen because she did that thing during the uh, jubilee and don't bring the marmalade sandwiches because they're getting they're moldy. moldy and instead bring flowers but make sure the flowers are not wrapped in plastic because that's not biodegradable there you go so there is that element to it take the uh, king Charles III making an impact already. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so what was what was that segment? I don't even know what that was. So it started off with, so they're mad because Biden won't take a, the former president to something he wasn't invited to. And the former president, mind you, constantly says the last election was illegitimate. So that might be a little rough, hanging out in the beast together. Um, so that made them angry. And then they get angry about buses, which... President Biden won't even be on. And then they get angry about plastic around flowers, which, you know, that should be fairly, why do you want a bunch of plastic, like, lying all over the place? It's kind of gross anyway. So, yeah, a lot of useless outrage. So, um, next up, the stories that Fox thought were newsworthy that were not newsworthy. This is very brief. That was one of them. And the other one was Tucker Carlson actually dedicated a short segment on his program to the issue of a bulge on the back of Pennsylvania senatorial candidate John Fetterman's neck. I cannot make that up. So this next section, I'm going to go through it rapid fire, were stories ignored by Fox News. So every week I watch and compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of PBS, and I compile this crazy, crazy list. It's all hyperlinked if you want to check them out. These are the stories that PBS covered in five hours, mind you, that Fox did not cover in 15. Here we go. Hmm. So PBS included a segment that went into depth about multiple investigations involving former President Donald J. Trump. A new report by a non-for-profit research group, Climate Central, warned of extreme sea level rises across the planet. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows complied with a subpoena issued by the Justice Department regarding their investigation into events surrounding January 6th. A bill supporting existing laws that protect same-sex marriage is currently stalled in the Senate. An Iowa court sentenced Piper Lewis to five years of closely monitored probation and ordered her to pay $150,000 to the family of the man she killed after he repeatedly raped her and forced her into underage prostitution. The Ukrainian armed forces take back large amounts of territory from the invading Russian army. That should have been a big story. They completely ignored it. The Swedish, in the Sweden Democrats with roots in neo-Nazism came in second in the national elections. The prime minister, 
Leader of the Swedish Social Democratic Party conceded defeat and announced she would resign. That is a big deal. Although the good thing about parliaments is they can change quickly, unlike our system. So who knows? Not good. Not good. Free lunch waivers ending in public schools across the country. There's the water crisis in Mississippi that Fox still has ignored. Mudslides in California due to climate change also ignored, which is a common thing ignored on Fox News. NBA Phoenix Sun owner Robert Sarver suspended for one year over workplace misconduct. We had the Emmy Awards. French filmmaker Emmanuel Godard died at age 91. I'm probably mispronouncing his last name. Child poverty rates dropped in the U.S. during the pandemic. Singer R. Kelly was convicted on more charges. Google lost an appeal on an antitrust lawsuit. We'll have to pay a $4 billion fine in the EU. The European Union fuel-based companies were going to have to share excess profits to help European households and companies with soaring energy bills. We indicted a bunch of Iranians after for cyber hacking, but they're in Iran, so it doesn't really mean much. Air traffic controllers in France had a one-day strike. Fox didn't report. We'll cover it. Roger Federer announced his retirement. Again, you'd think they'd get that one. They do like to do sports. Didn't touch it. WNBA player Brittany Griner and security consultant Paul Whelan, who are still stuck, Whelan, still stuck in Russia. Biden met with their families to reassure them that he's still working on it, and there, no advancements have been made. So the next section is by the numbers, which are charts, which are visual, not audio. But basically shows the difference between what were the top five categories on Fox versus the top five categories on PBS. And then finally, we have the words used on Fox News for the week ending September 18th, 2022. And of course, AOC, as she always does, made the list with only four mentions. Hunter Biden only got two, which is shocking. Ukraine, again, major, major developments in that war. Two mentions, two, no stories about it whatsoever. Terrible, it's just embarrassing. Like, how do you not talk about that? So this next week, I'll be going back to uh, the first hour of Fox and Friends, then The Five, and I'll be going back to The Ingram Angle, which I haven't covered in a while. So I figure, well, let's get back on that show. Um, thank you so much for all your support. This is a shoestring budget. I do absolutely everything by myself. Um, if you'd like to support the project, I have a Patreon at Decoding Fox News, and there is a tip uh, section up at the top of my Twitter. All of the money will be going to use for a better software and a slightly better equipment, which I already am compiling some funds for. So that's great. Thank you so much for listening. My podcast, Mascots, the cats Odin, all black, Thor, Tuxedo, send their love. And they always appreciate the fact that you guys listen to me talk to my computer for 35 minutes. Okay, thank you so much.